We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. the DFS uh, pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and this is the show where I answer your DFS strategy questions. NFL, NBA, PGA, MMA, soccer. Soccer, this, this is soccer slate today. Uh, and uh, and uh, chat in the YouTube. I see you guys in there. Give me those thumbs up. Give me the thummy thumbs. I'll wave my thumbs at you until I get it. Uh, the thummy thumbs, ups, downs, doesn't matter, sideways. Just click around on the screen. Perfectly fine. Helps us out. Uh, Suki Singh, as, as usual, early. Apocalypse card fan, Eric Robertson, Max Coach, Hog Lawrence, Drum Lewis, Trey, Grant Brown. Good morning. I can always tell the people that are into NFTs and crypto or whatever when they're GM. GM, right? GM in the coffee cup or something like that. Probably nothing, right? That's all I know about. That's all I know about the NFT people. GMs and, and, and quote retweets of, of probably nothing. Probably nothing or something like that, but uh, probably nothing. There's probably nothing going on today on the show. I don't know what we'll talk about. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Type it in, in the YouTube chat. Just a programming note. I want to give a programming note for uh, for the for the until NFL season is over. Uh, there will be no DFS pregame show on Tuesdays and Wednesdays until NFL season is over. I'm I'm doing this primarily. Because I, I've, not, I've not played NBA DFS in about two and a half weeks, two and a half weeks or so. And I don't, I don't plan on playing NBA DFS until uh, the NFL season is over uh, because uh, it, it's exhausting. And uh, I, I tend to like, I like being in the groove when playing DFS, okay? Like I like, I like uh, the summer MLB, for instance. Like some people don't like it. It's like July, right? June, July, August, where... Pretty much MLB is kind of the only thing going on. Yes, there'll be some soccer slates, but typically they're in the afternoon or in the mornings. Uh, MMA, Saturday nights, okay, that's, you know, I, I, I could take off a baseball slate then, but I like the groove of like every day, very similar process, not as exhausting MLB because, you know, occasionally we get, you know, we don't know who the starting pitcher is going to be until like the afternoon. Or, you know, you get, you, oh, the Giants or the Dodgers have a late lineup in. We get that like 20 minutes after lock. 
Like that's how as much of the work that you need to do, but you could be on a groove every day of like, I know, I know my process. I know what I'm looking for. I could wake up, review the slate before, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning, right? Look at that. Take a look at what's coming up that day. Not, you don't have to wait for that much news. Yes, the starting lineups, you know, the batting orders aren't out, but they're a little bit more predictable. So you can kind of go through and get a sense of the slate and leisurely go on with your day. And then by, you know, six o'clock Eastern or something, then you start, you know, making your lineups, the, the batting orders come in and, and you're good to go. And you could just do this day after day after day after day. Uh, NBA is, it, it doesn't, doesn't really work like that. Uh, NBA, uh, you take, you take off three days, four days of slates or something. And you come back and you go, why is Chimizi Metu going to be chalk? I mean, like, like you just like, you don't even know what the hell's going on. So I prefer to be in the groove when it comes to playing daily, like NBA, MLB type of stuff where, you know, there are slates every single day. Uh, and I'm probably giving up an edge by just not playing. And just, even if I'm playing at 80% capacity, right? Mental capacity. But uh, I, I like playing at 100% mental capacity. So until I could be in the groove, uh, and then be able to obviously once you know you have to play all night, you have to be by your computer. You have to you did, so uh, on Mondays and, and Thursdays I do the showdown show here uh, at Roto Grinders. Uh, so I can't play NBA like I just like I'm not even going to bother because that show goes on like NBA Lock is typically seven o'clock, and then the, sh the show that I do for showdown is from like seven thirty to eight thirty. Well, what happens if something happens? I mean, like what what am I supposed to do? I'm I'm doing a show. I can't change a hundred lineups. I can't, I can't barely pay attention to what's going on in NBA, making late swap if possible. So it's like, okay, I'm, I'm giving up too much by like not being, not being attentive during that period. So I can't play Mondays and Thursdays. Sundays are NFL. So I'm not playing NBA. And then Saturdays I play soccer and MMA. So I typically don't play M NBA on those days. Fridays, I have the busiest day. I have like four shows that I do on Fridays. I, Friday night's not busy. Uh, but sometimes you need to leave leave time for time for your personal life, right? You, you got to wait to make the wife happy, right? Happy wife, happy life. So a lot of times on Friday nights I spend time with my wife. So, so what am I left with? Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And like, am I just going to play NBA Tuesdays and Wednesdays? And then I play Wednesday, and then by the time Tuesday comes around, I have no idea what the hell's going on. Who's dead? Who's out for COVID? Right? What's going on? So, so I, I am ju I'm just playing when I'm in the groove. So that won't be until after. Uh, NFL season is over, and since 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 I'm not going to be playing NBA, it's kind of hard to kind of hard to review slates when I'm not really sure what the hell was going on in the, in the first place. Who projected well the day before? What was the ownership and everything? I'm not paying attention as much. So to to do that on this show without giving 100% effort seems 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 stupid to me, right? Seems disingenuous, right? So, so to just want to make a program now. No Tuesdays and Wednesdays. You won't see. You won't see the YouTube. You won't see it. It's not like there's going to be a, a thumbnail and a video that you could, you know, wait, be in the waiting room for, and then I'm not showing it up. It's just you just won't see it there. Okay. But I always want to highlight that programming note uh, for for the for the for the rest of uh, for basically the next five weeks uh, until NFL season is over. Once NFL season is over, then then it's. Then we're then we're hardcore NBA. Then we're just into NBA. It's gonna be NBA every day until MLB comes up, and then it'll be MLB every day. And some NBA mixed in because obviously April is crossover. But typically, I stop playing NBA. I don't play the NBA playoffs much. Uh, so yeah, so that's kind of kind of kind of you know just a just a bit of uh, you know background instead of like oh why aren't you doing Tuesdays and Wednesdays? Well, dude, well if I'm not playing NBA, what are we what are we gonna talk about? Like that's why I'm like I'm showing up today. Wednesday, December 1st, going, what do, what do we talk about? I'm like, we could talk about anything you want in the YouTube chat. I have no, I have no problem with that. No problem answering questions. But sometimes you go in and sometimes people don't have as many questions. And also, if you have any questions, I want to say, if you weren't here yesterday for the, for the infomercial, essentially, uh, I have a new Discord channel in the Road Grinders Discord. You can see the nice little graphic here. Blender's Game Theory, premium Discord channel. So like all the stuff that I talk about here on the pregame show, uh, a lot of people can't can't make this show. But if you want to have 24-7 conversation, it doesn't mean I'm in there all the, all the time, like three in the morning. But I answer everyone's questions. Everyone's questions, is, there's, there's, there's conversations going on right now, right? We got some of the regulars from the chat in there as well. Good discussion. It's not, uh, it's, it's, it's not uh, you know, people yelling at each other. 
But uh, if you're a premium member of Roto-Grinders, you have to be a premium member. Whether, you could even just be a single sport. It doesn't matter. So as long as you're paying something to Roto-Grinders, uh, you could sign up rotogrinders.com slash premium. If you're a premium member, all you have to do is connect your uh, Roto-Grinders account to, to Discord. You can download Discord. Discord is web, web-based. You know, it's, like, it's similar to Slack, right? That type of thing. Uh, you can get it on your phone and just uh, join the Roto-Grinders Discord server. We do have free channels. We do, do have some free channels there that you could, that you could use. Uh, but my channel is part of the premium uh, channels. There are a bunch of premium channels also. So you connect that and then just head in there. And, uh, and in addition to the, the chat in there, me answering questions, and obviously people you know conversing amongst themselves about game theory. It's the, the channel is not about that day's slate or yesterday's slate. It's not necessary. It's, it's about overall DFS strategy. Uh, once you get in there, I, w- I will be doing weekly coaching calls. So it'll be a group coaching call over, over Zoom where people can ask and be able to explain their own personal play, right? Because it's kind of hard to do that in, in, even in a chat room. I'll give the background of like, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. This is what I'm doing, X, Y, and Z. What advice would you give X here and there? And, and we could have up to, up to 100 people on Zoom at a time. So there'll be weekly times. I, I, you'll know in advance. I have, I, I have alerts set up in the, in the Discord for you, for you to sign up for. And then every week there'll be a time. Then I'll change the time. Some people are good during the day. Some people are good at night. Some people are good at the weekends. So it won't be the type of thing where it's going to be the same time and same day every, every week. So like every week I'll post, it's like, okay, Thursday at eight, or maybe, you know, Tuesday at three, or, you know, like that type of thing. Just so, you know, it kind of spreads it around for the people that may not, you know, they, they have a nine to five job and they don't just play DFS like I do. Uh, they can't make necessarily two o'clock in the afternoon, but they can make Saturday, Saturday at three in the afternoon, but, or they can make Friday night or, you know, something like that. So it'll be switched around and then, uh, you know, do that for an hour or two. And that that's part, there's no extra, nothing. People ask me about coaching and I never understand, like, there's nothing I could say to you privately. That's going to be any different than I would explain on this show on in the discord and any of the content that I do. So it seems like a way that's not in the class, right? You buy the masterclass. Right. So there you go. That's that's all the base knowledge. Uh, but some people have, you know, the personal like this is what I'm doing, you know, very specific things. Uh, and I feel that uh, that it's it's easier taken care of, you know, in a, in a, in a private discord community uh, that that has that that that's not that has less of the riffraff. Right. People that they get what, what we should be talking about. No two v two questions. Right. I can take a look here. The, 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 the show, the, yeah, the chat room's even going on while, while I'm even doing the show, right? We were talking about uh, duplicates in like Showdown and, M- and MMA. Like, how, how do you get more unique? Someone was asking about, you know, game theory books, which, I mean, obviously the, the quintessential game theory book is Theory of Games and Economic Behavior by Morgan Stern and whatever the fuck, right? Newman, yeah, Von Newman and Morgan Stern. Uh, but it's from 1944. I mean, this is this is a math book. So, like, if you if you're not if you're not uh, highly 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 advanced math, uh, probably not the best book to get. But that that is that is like the quintessential game theory book. Uh, but I mean, chat goes on. I mean, you can see here. I pulled up a Discord. Right, people signing up for the alerts here. Right. I remember last night. Last night, like some someone's at like. I, I want to make a mention. I make it on this show all the time that people focus, like someone asked a question. Uh, I fathom that 95% of things you're considering for a slate, you could disregard altogether and you do better. 95%, I, I, I've always mentioned that 95%. Like 95% of what you do, like that's what you should be focusing on. Where, where that 95% is, the 5% extra is a lot of the stuff that people, people talk about. Like, can I play this guy and that guy together? In an NBA lineup. It's like, well, I mean, you can or you can't. It depends on the lineup. But if, if you're focused so much on that and not on the three things that that you have to grasp the most, here are the three things that make 95% of building profitable lineups. Projection, ownership, and the contest size and the payout structure of the, of the contest. That's it. Until, until you could perfect these three, then the other 5%, that, what, what is that? Why are you, why, why you spending so much time on that? Right? 
So some people are like, oh, can I play Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan in the same lineup together, right? Well, it depends on the price. It depends on the size of the slate. You could even on even even then there there is some negative correlation past the 80th percentile of their distributions, most probably at their efficient prices. So if they both were priced efficiently, and uh, their 80th percentile outcomes would be start to get negatively correlated with one another. Now on a 12 game slate, an NBA, the opportunity cost of you know there's so many more options. Maybe you don't play them together on a three game slate. Perfectly, probably perfectly fine. Do you need, do you need two 80th percentile outcomes on a three game slate? Not necessarily. So playing them both together is perfectly fine on a 12 game slate, playing both of them together is still perfectly fine. But now the opportunity cost of like, well, now you have, you have all these other games to choose an 8k level player. So why are you playing two, two similar price players? that take away from take, take away from their ceilings, their 80th plus percentile outcomes. Like, doesn't mean you can't do it though. I mean, you still can, but like trying to decide that, if you're thinking, if you're spending time on that and not time on, on worrying about the projections and the ownership, then like, well, then it's, it's pointless. Why are you concentrating on the, the that, that, that last 5% versus the 95% that, you could easily be a winning player just on that. There are plenty of sharp players that don't even consider some of the stuff that people people that people ask. It's like I just I I have my numbers right. You go in, it's like okay, I got the floor, I got the ceiling, I got the median, I got I got everything, I got optimal percentages and ownership, and just you just build lineups. There you go. What size contest are you playing, and what is this play payout structure? And I always say the payout structure uh, as a variable. But a lot of times it's not going to matter that much because most of these contests are very top heavy anyway. But there would be a difference on like a much flatter versus a much heavier, right? A top heavy payout structure. But almost every contest is a top heavy payout structure. So like, you're, you're not, even the flatter ones are still top heavy. So you're not, you're not necessarily, you know, you know, making any decisions based on the payout structure of the contest typically. Uh, but the contest size, definitely. So are you building lineups that are commensurate with the size of the contest? Because the smaller the contest, the less projection you don't have to give up and the, and you don't have to have the insanely low ownership, right? You don't have to sacrifice projection for ownership as much. Where is that line? Well, that's the game of DFS. Where is that line? That's the point. Where We have to find that line. You have to judge where that line is. In a large field contest, you have no problem sacrificing projection for ownership where's that line well that's that's for you to judge right and then you have these numbers then you have like ownership to me ownership is the most fluid that's i mean we don't have ownership for the nba slate coming up i mean this is just the algorithmically generated projections from this morning but but like i yes you could use uh roto grinders ownership i, I it's perfect it's perfectly fine but i i change the ownership numbers right? I aggregate some of the ownership numbers, right? Because I'm not, I'm not, I know that I'm not in a bubble. So if like someone comes, someone, we have someone at 28% and I'm like, I think he's going to be more than, more like 35%. I change it to 35. And I bump down some players that would fit in that spot if it wasn't for the fact that he was 35% owned. Also, you change it for the size of the contest, because our ownership is going to be for primarily the large field feature GPP of that day on DraftKings, for instance, right? The $15, whatever the hell, the $18 tip, whatever, whatever, whatever it is uh, for 50 or hundred K up top. But let's say you're playing the power suite type of contest, the 150, the showtime, right? The 222, four max or something. And you go, okay, this is an 800 entry contest. It's like, well, shouldn't you be changing the owner? Shouldn't you be changing the ownership? A guy that's going to be 28%, 32% in the large field, maybe 46% in that contest. So what you could do is either change the ownership to match the contest that you're in. And is there is there a way for you to do it without like kind of like simulating everything? Yeah, you just you, you do it bluntly, you manually, right? Sometimes you just make an estimate. Just make, that's what I do. Just make an estimate. 
How do you know the guy's going to be go from 32 to 46? Like, I don't, right? I'm right more often than not. I'm directionally right more often than not, right? The guy that's 32 in large field, I think is going to be 46 in, in small field, and he ends up at 43. Okay, I wasn't, I wasn't perfect, but I was directionally accurate, right? Sometimes he ends up at 54, and I'm like, okay, I understood that. Sometimes he doesn't move. Sometimes it's like, oh, he actually ended up only 34%. Obviously, it affects the lineups that I build because the higher on that I think the guy is, the less the less likely I am to play him. But you can make that judgment. Or what you could do is leave the ownership the way it is and try to figure out what the cumulative ownership of, of lineups in that contest should be, right? If compared to the large field GPP. So for instance, if you take the chalk lineup, let's say the chalk, the chalk type of lineup uh, in a in a large field GPP is that the total is 180. I'm just making up a number, right? Well, the total of all those players, those exact players in the small field GPP may end up being 260, okay? But now you have something to compare it to. So it's like, so you have 260 and 180. So it's like, well, I don't want to play the 260 lineup. I want to play a lineup that's more like 220 or 200. Well, you can't generate a lineup that's 200 because you're not, you're not changing the ownership to the, to the small field contest. So what ratio wise, what is that? So if, if the chalky type of construction is going to be 260% total ownership in the small field, it equates to the 180 in the, in the large field. So if you want to get down to like 200, well, what that's like 60 points underneath or so, right? The, what's the ratio there? So the 180 lineup in the large field would be more like 120 or 130. So once you know, it's like, okay, a lineup with a total ownership of about 130 in a large field is kind of what I'm aiming for in the small field. So you could do stuff, you could do stuff like that. These are blunt ways to kind of judge. But you got to change the numbers. I mean, you either change the numbers or you need to, I mean, it's, it, these aren't static for just like all contests. But to me, spend more time doing that than worrying about, can I play, can I play two centers against each other? Especially in the NBA, when correlations are, are the weakest of almost all the sports, that's 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 like a tiebreaker. Like consider that to be like, oh, you're building lineups and whatever. And if you see that, maybe you go, eh, maybe I, I X that one out. Like that to that extent. Like if you don't even consider it, you may be better off as long as you're taking care of the three things, right? So to make it clearer, this is what I. I mean, this is the channel. I mean, this is I type. I I teach in this channel. So to make it even clearer, answer these three questions. Do you have the projected range of outcomes for every player on the slate? Okay, so answer that question. Yeah, if you sign up for Roto Grinders, you get that. You get our projections for every sport. Okay, so you have, you should have that. The projected range of outcomes. Remember, it's not just the median, right? The, the, the projection is the entire distribution range of outcomes within one standard deviation. Number two, do you have the projected ownership for every player on the slate for the contest you're playing? Now, when I say every player, I mean, you don't have to go down to, oh, the, the guy that's going to play four minutes off the bench. Yeah, maybe it doesn't matter if you have that guy's project. Maybe maybe you don't have to get that. That guy's ownership is going to be 0.01. No cares. But you get what I'm talking about. So do you have the ownership? Do you have the projected range of outcomes? Do you have the projected ownership? Do you have the field size and payout structure for the lineup you're building? Right? Which you know. Yeah, I mean, you'd sign up for contest on DraftKings, right? I'm playing the $12 single entry with uh, 3,600 entries. Right? Okay. You know, you know what line you know what contest you're building towards for that a liner for that contest. But I'm also playing the five dollar three max, which is seventeen hundred inch. Okay, well that's that's you have the information on that. Once you have the information on all those three, the projected range of outcomes for every player, projected ownership for every player, and the field size that you're building for, and the payout structure, even though they're pretty much all top heavy, uh, you're done. If you can answer yes to all three, you're done. There's nothing else you need to care about. Don't waste your time considering anything else. Now you'll hear people go, well, how about this? And how about the considering this? I'm not saying those things aren't important, but they're none of those things are going to be any important other than these three things, right? Because I'm not even mentioning correlation. Obviously, in NBA, the correlations are weak. In MLB, the correlations are strong, right? In MLB, most likely, you're going to be stacking, right? Uh, but when people people get caught up on, well, can I stack? How, what's the gaps between the, the players, Right? Can I play one, four, five, eight? Like, what's the highest gap? And I tell them, it's like, don't worry about it. 
All the players on the team are correlated to each other. Yes, the ones that are closer to each other are slightly more correlated. But if you don't get these three things right, what do you care about? Like, that's part of that extra five, that last 5%, right? If you even want to care about it. A lot of people don't, a lot of the top players don't even care about that, right? To go, well, in this lineup, man, maybe I could get the, the gaps smaller together. It, it doesn't matter that much, right? If you're not doing these three things well, do these three things. Have your process to take advantage of the projection, the ownership, and the field size of your contest. Do that well, well, well. And I'm saying, I said, once you fully grasp and are fully experienced using these three, just those three to build your lineups and show long-term profit doing so, which can take one, two, three years, for you to be comfortable and say, I'm just using these, these things. And, you know, you're playing lower stakes, most probably. And you're like, okay, I'm showing a 17% return in GPPs over, you know, a full MLB season and a full NBA season and a full NFL season, maybe a season and a half. And you go, I, I'm, I'm much more comfortable with this, right? And your, your bankroll is hopefully building up. Maybe, you're, maybe you slightly move up in stakes. And that once you get to that point, then you could start going, okay, how could I add more to this, right? Then you could start worrying necessarily about, well, should maybe to increase my edge, uh, maybe maybe then maybe, should I be playing these two centers together? Should I be doing this? Should I be, you know, the, the, the should I be doing this? And like the, those types of questions, which is a bulk of the questions I could ask in DFS. The number one thing, the number, the, 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 the two most important things to ask DFS is what's the projection and what's the ownership? That's it. If you have those two, there's nothing else to look at. There's nothing. Everything, everything sport-related is in the projection. And everything opponent-related is in the ownership, right? And a lot of people ask, like, well, what, what's, the, what's the most accurate projections, right? The most accurate ownership. Because, I mean, I know we're here at Roto-Grinders, but I, we're not going to be, you know, in a, in a bubble and know that there aren't other sites that do projections and do ownership. And obviously... Some top players do their own, right? Proprietarily, right? They, it's not publicly available. And you go, well, which one is the most accurate? If I'm going to choose between Roto Grinders and these five other places, which is the most accurate, right? Which ownership is the most accurate? That's not the right question to ask. The right question to ask is, uh, is it more, is whatever you're looking at more accurate than what you can do yourself, right? Imagine, imagine none of this existed. Is this better? It, you would have to do it yourself. You would have to make your own model. You'd have to calculate your own ownership, right? Even if, you do, even if you're doing it, not even with a model, you're just like assigning numbers to players and go, I think that guy's median is uh, 42 and the, the, the ownership is going to be 20. I mean, you, you could do it that way. You're not going to, probably not going to be accurate long-term doing it that way. But that's, your question should be not, who is the, you're, you're not going to get an edge in this, in this, in DFS by going like, well, this site has slightly, slightly more accurate and slightly more accurate on it. Which one has the most accurate? You're not getting an edge that way. If you look across the industry, the, the R squared of, of both uh, player projections and ownership projections are quite high and quite similar to each other. And when, the, when I say that the R squared could be similar to each other, that's from a large sample size. So on certain days, you know, two sites could have like a two-point difference in an NBA player's median. And then the other day could be the other way and this way. And like, it's, it's not on a player-by-player -player basis. It's on a model-wide basis. So all the players in the player pool. And you're judging that versus actual over the course of time. But the accuracy of those uh, is it, comparable. So even though you may, you may look uh, today, on today's slate, we, have, we, uh, we here at Roto-Grinders have a guy with a 24-point median, and some other side has 25, a one-point difference. You go, well, which one is more accurate? That's not the right question. The question is, if I took away both models, could you, could, would you be able to, to put, would you have been able to put in 24 or 25, right? Maybe another side has 24.8, and another side is 24.2. The, the difference between 24 and 25 on one single player is, is, doesn't make much of a difference. You, like, you, you, you should be comparing it to, like, is this better than what I could do myself? And I could build my own model. 
I can. It's not my strength, but I can do it. The problem is, is that I can't build an NBA model better than the better than Rotogrinders, right? Better than Jamino and the, the guys on the projection team. I can't do it better than that, right? No matter what I do, I'm not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to do it better than that. If I'm able to do it a better model, it would take me a long time, a lot of hours. I mean, a lot, hundreds of hours. And at the end of the day, if I'm able to do it better, it may only be slightly better. So I might get to spend 400 hours perfecting a model for any sport, right? Like take, take a look at the blitz with the, with Cardi. Am I gonna, like, how long is it gonna take me to, to build a model that's comparable? Probably not even better, but comparable to the blitz. God knows, I mean, I, I would have to learn some things I don't even know it yet in order to get to that point. So how many hours am I spending doing that? And if I if I am able to do it better than Cardi, how much better am I? How much how much more accurate am I going to be long term? Not much. So why why am I spending five hundred hours to do that? Right. So that should be the question. Not what is the most accurate. It's better. Whatever it is, it's still it's still much more accurate than random Joe Schmo on the toilet making lineups, right? Or the ownership. Was the was was the most accurate ownership? They're all they're all pretty good. They're not going to be right on every single player every day. Like that's not that's not what you're looking for. Are they going to be directionally right? Or what's the R squared of that going to be? Most of it's going to be fairly consistent across the industry. You could, if you want, that's why some people don't just sign up for Rotogrinders; they sign up for a bunch of sites, and then they average all the numbers together, or they weight the ones that they they prefer or something. Right? Sometimes it's not an even weight. I take five projections and. You know, I weight this one 30%, this one 10%. If you have some type of confidence level, if you wanted to do that. But sometimes you just takes to take an average of all of them and go, okay, I got the numbers. Now it's my job to put the numbers together in better ways than my opponents will. And that that's that's all you need. It's 2021. 20 on 2022 in DFS. That's what it is. It ain't 2014 anymore. Right? It ain't 2014. So like once you get projection ownership field size figured out like then move on to like get get those things get get those things firmly grasped that's why when people ask like do you like this guy do you like that guy it's like i don't like anyone all i see are numbers right do you like brogdon do you like lavert which like all i see is a is a projection and an ownership that's like what what am i supposed to like right I don't even care about the outcomes of the games. I just want to build lineups that are, have a higher expected value, positive expected value over time. Going through the YouTube chat. Uh, like Jerome Lewis asked about NBA stacking. Right, stacking isn't important. We, we, the only reason we add a stacking feature in there, obviously it helps more on the smaller slates, is that... If you wanted to make groups, you saying like, oh, if I'm playing like like what Denver Orlando is playing, it's like, well, if I play Jokic at 11-8 or I play Giannis at 12-1, like I want to have two, like in a Giannis lineup, I want to have two Hornets on the other side, right? Because he's so expensive that you want him to get max. You want him to score 75 plus points or something. Jokic against Orlando. And you're like, well, if, if, if Jokic is a lineup, I want to have at least one or two Magic. It's so much easier to do it in the stacks than do it in the groups, especially when you, if you're going to use multiple players. It's like, look, you have Drew Holiday here. Let's say you're like, well, if I have any, if I have Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton, and you're like, I only want to play one of them, right? I only want to play one of the three. Let's say you, let's say this is what you want. I only want to play one of the three, and if I do play one of the three, uh, I want to play at least one a guy in the, on the Hornets on the other side of the ball. Now to do that, you'd have to make three different, you'd have to make four different groups, right? You'd have to make a group that says key player, you know, conditional player Giannis, and then put in all of the Hornets. You'd have to click through and put in all the Hornets and say minimum one, maximum three or something, whatever you want. And you have to do that three times, one for Giannis, one for Middleton, one for Holiday. Then you'd also have to make a group that says, that puts in Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton and say max one, right? Because you don't want more than one. Maybe you don't want more than two. You could do that. 
Now imagine doing that over nine games and you're going like, if I play this guy, I want to play that guy. Like if you want to do those things, it sometimes could end up with you having 20, 30, 40 groups. You have to, and you have to repeat things over and over again. But let's say you wanted to do something like that. And he's like, in, in half my lineups, right? I want to have the, the Charlotte Milwaukee, right? So it's like, if I have one buck, I have two magic in it right in 50 percent of my lineups you're done you don't have to make those groups anymore right and you can make as many of these stacks as possible let's say you only want 10 percent of your lineups like that right maybe you want another 10 percent of your lineups right because we mentioned the number of players you want so you click on milwaukee again and you go i play one milwaukee and then only one magic player right and maybe you set up one that's 2v2 right you could set up a couple of these if you wanted to all it is is still using, it's the same thing that you would do in groups, just much easier, much quicker, right? So it's not about like, oh, you should be game stacking like and making these secondary correlations. You don't have to. But if you wanted to, it's so much easier using this game stack type of interface than it is to make 40 or 50 player groups. So just because we have a stacking feature there doesn't mean it's like, oh, that means you stack an NBA. No, it doesn't. It just makes it easier for you to do anything that you'd want to do in groups that you don't necessarily need, right? Because you could, you could do, I want these types of, and these types and these types. And then on smaller slates, it makes it even easier. On a three-game slate, it's like, I just want to stack up each game, right? You want to have four guys from one side, three guys from the other, and one, you obviously have to play three teams. And it's like, I just want all my lineups to look like that. Just so if one game goes off, I got all of that, and two games blow out. Well, you know, you know how hard it is to do that on a three-game slate with player groups, right? You're going to have to do like so many groups, every different group. Every got to have at least two with this and that and this. So much easier. Just do, you, you have it done in five seconds, 10 seconds by using this interface. So that's really what the stacks interface is for. Uh, Wesley Harrant has a question about NHL, which I don't play, but maybe I can answer it. Be more likely to stack your defenseman in NHL with your stack. Correlation may mean more since the position isn't very high scored. Possibly. It's hard for me to tell. I don't, I do not play NHL. I would, I would assume in NHL, you do this very similar to soccer. You play, you, do you get, I'm not sure in NHL, do you get, uh, do you get like uh, shutout points? So I know in soccer, you, you would uh, correlate your defense, your goalkeeper and defenseman. But that's because if they keep a clean sheet, the defenseman actually gets points for but no, I, I don't, I, I can't answer the NHL. That would be good to go into, go into our, go into our discord, our Roto Grinders discord, sign up. If you're a premium member, click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month and go ask in there, go ask in our NHL chat. But I'm sorry. I, I just, I don't, I don't play NHL DFS. I'm not sure of the scoring, but uh, all I know is that goalkeeper in NHL is very similar to goalkeeper in soccer, right? It's like just goalkeepers, just a, just, a luck box position. Someone gets, you know, tons of saves or they get no saves and they get the win and the shutout or something like that. And the cheap goalkeepers, expensive goalkeepers, anyone could score any amount of points at any time. Oh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, MJC, using probability in NBA when constructing lineups. Do you look at past data to come up with the percentage of times a player gets 50 points versus 30 points? No. Don't, don't, I don't, everything that that entails is already in the model. You know how many times I have to say that? So many people, I, you know, I think if, I think DFS would li literally be dead if the amount of people who played, uh, DFS could be close to dead if the amount of people who played DFS would just understand that anything you're looking at is already in the projections, right? That, that's, that's how ridiculous it is, okay? Anything that you could possibly look at that would make any, any bit of difference is already in the projections, already in their projected range of outcomes. It's already there. It's already in there. You're making, you're making spaghetti. You're making a dish. You're making a stir in the pot. You're making a soup. You're making a stew. Who knows? It's already in there. 
You're trying to, oh, I need to find, no, it's already in there. Everything about projecting the players, obviously the minutes you have to, you have to make some, there's some manual things you put in, right? Our projections team come up with the minutes and everything and adjust some of the rates, right? But they know, they know basketball more than I do. So I trust them. But once like, once you get these numbers, you don't have to care about the sport at all. You're done. You're done. It's already in there. Why wouldn't it be? Do you, uh, people, do you, do you, uh, do you target to high total games? I don't even know what the total of the games are. You know why? It's already in the projections, right? Do you care about how good this team is against the run? No, I don't know what teams are. I mean, I know because I listen to content and people mention it, but no, I don't care. You know why? It's already in the numbers. It's, al- it's already in the numbers. That's the whole point of signing up for Roto-Grinders. That's the whole point of having a projection model, an unbiased mathematical method of getting the most accurate projected range of outcomes for players. Once you got that, now you're just building plus EV lineups. That's it. Just use that, use ownership, and you're done. There's nothing else to look at. Well, I mean, I say I say it a million times, but there's still, I would say 90% of people I talk to still don't do it. It amazes, it, 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 it's it's amazing to me. Just I go, what what do you what do you people ask me what I look at? I go, I look at the projections. I go, so you don't look at the totals, you don't look at the this, you don't look at the last three games, you don't look at what they who they and I go, no, why, 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 why should I? Go, don't you need to know all this information? It's like, yeah, it's in the projections. <laughs> thank God it's in there, thank God it's in the model. It's already, it's already accounted for. So when someone looks at him, oh, this guy doesn't uh, projects well, and he's X, Y, and Z, it's like, you now you're double counting. Whatever you're talking about, it's already there. Where you go, oh, this guy has a great matchup. How come he projects so poorly? It's like, yeah, he projects poorly even despite the good matchup. You're weighing that good matchup way too heavily. The model isn't. The model's doing it appropriately. It's like, a, a lot of it is just trust, right? We have a model, right? Our models are worth God knows how much money. Like I take a look at the price of Roto-Grinders and I go, it's, it's insane that it's that cheap. To make, to make uh, like, like Cardi with the Blitz, for instance, I think he charges 200 bucks or something like that. Or for the bat, no, the bat is better because the bat you're using MLB like every day, right? 200 bucks, 300 bucks. You know how cheap that is? For me to make a projection model as good as the bat would, would cost me thirty to $50,000 worth of man hours to do. And I would probably still not even do that. I, would, I wouldn't even be as accurate as that. So it's like, to pay 200 bucks for it? I mean, why isn't, why isn't it more money? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> it already does everything for you. That's the point. Uh, let's see. Uh, Melvin Pitts, hey, Blender, can you discuss the field size more? For example, how weird should you get and how close to optimal should be for the field size? I'm stuck there. All you have to do, the smaller the contest, the less for I, I, I say the same things over and over and over again. If you're going to ask, okay, here, here, okay, I have to calm myself down. If there, if the, if there's a number, if the, if, the, if the question can be answered with a number, it's a dumb question, okay? People ask, how much projection versus ownership should I be giving up? And that's like, and that's like asking, uh, how do I hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball over, over uh, 450 feet to a batter? You go, how do I do it? And you go, well, there's, there's, no, there's no way to do it. There's no way, there's no one thing to do. And if there was one way to do it, you know, baseball games would never end. Baseball, I mean, literally, they'd have to shut down Major League Baseball because once you find out that way to do it, in the the top of the first inning, there'd be 7,000 million runs. And the the opening day of the season would never last past the top of the first inning, right? Because you just do it that way every single time and hit it 450 feet. And every batter would come up, the pitcher would come up and do it. And understand what I'm saying. It's like, 
The whole point is finding the line. Where is the line of how much rejection versus ownership for the field size that I'm in? If there was an actual number that could apply to every slate, I would never tell you. You know why? Because I'd have $17 trillion because I'd win every, I'd, I'd take out loans, right? If there was an if there's actual correct answer that you literally could close your eyes, build 150 lineups and just print like you're the Federal Reserve. Because that doesn't exist, there, there, there's no correct answer to that question. The goal is to find that line on every slate, which will be different depending on a million other variables. So your goal, come close to it. Then once you're close to that, right? You know how many lineups you could choose in that range? On tonight's slate in NBA, our nine game slate, there's plus EV lineups, there's probably 20,000. For the large field GPP, probably 20,000 plus EV lineups. There are t- obviously, there's tons of non, I mean, you could play, leave 30,000 on the table and play garbage guys. Yeah, the, those are combinations that exist. There's probably, there's probably, I don't know, 10 to 20,000, something, something around that range that all are plus EV. And let's say you're only playing 10. Well, you could choose any, t- any 10 of them. Some are a little bit higher. Some, are, some have different distributions. Some either show up way first and way last a lot of times. Sometimes they're a little, have a little bit of equity in different spots. But your goal is to find the line. If you're slightly off on the line, that you're, you're, you still may be playing plus EV lineups, right? That's why, that's why bluntly judging in your roto tracker of top 1% finishes, that, that, that's a good, you know, a good signal. It's not perfect. But it's like, oh, I'm going to play three slates. What did I do wrong? Like, there's the, take a look at my lineup. I'll take a look at the lineup and I, I could look at the lineup and go, oh, that looks fine. And sometimes I'll look at the lineup and go, I, I think it's a little too chalky or I think it's a little too contrarian for the field size that you're playing. I, and the key words in that are, I think, right? I'm judging it based on experience, right? I'm judging it based on studying other sharp players' lineups. Going into results DB, looking at their lineups and go, well, I played... You know, in this single entry contest, especially because it's easier in single entry because everyone only has one lineup. This single entry 2000 entry contest, I played X lineup and the total projection was X. The ownership was X. I was Y. And then you look at your look at sharp players, not who won, but the sharp players lineups. So you take a look at the people. Who are the sharp players? Take a look at their RG leaderboard. That, that's, a, that's a good starting point. Take a look at their lineups. And then... What is the project based on yesterday's projection and ownership? Go and just put in their lineup and go, how much was their projection on based on your own projections that you have on Roto Grinders? And what was the total ownership? Then you go to the next one. What was their, what did their lineup look like? What did their lineup look like? Go to 20 different sharp players. Were you in the same range of ownership and projection? Even if you were 4v4s or whatever off of it, and then if that's the case, you're probably you're, you're pro- you probably did fine. You're probably fine. If you were significantly off, if you're like, like, wow, my total ownership was like half all these other lineups. Like maybe, yeah, maybe you got a little too contrary. If your total ownership is way, it's like, wow, I almost played a cash lineup. You were a little too chalky, right? In comparison to the the most profitable, sharpest players that are playing in that contest, that's a way to judge. Do I know the correct, what's the correct number? No, I don't know. I don't know what the correct number is, right? Everyone's judging that. That's the point of playing DFS. We're all, we're all trying to judge that, right? And we're not going to know until we have a very large sample size, right? Some slates, all the chalk fails. Some slates, all the chalk hits, right? And on the slates where all the chalk hits, you're going to be like, wow, I played two contrarian and I lost. It's like, that doesn't mean that you were in plus EV. Then on some slates, all the chalk fails and you played like only two or three pieces of the chalk and you still lost. And you're like, wow, I should get more contrarian. It's like, that's being very results oriented. That's not process oriented. Compare your lineups to the sharpest players, not what happened that day. Were your lineups similar? Similar in ownership, similar in projection. Some, I mean, the range will be wide. 
That's how you could judge. And then you could judge by top 1% finishes. Are you getting, are you, are you getting more of your fair share of lineups into the top 1%? You know how you could judge that over a long period of time. I played for two weeks. That two weeks is nothing. I'd say a year is not a year is not. It's better than, it's better than a week. Okay. Some people ask how, how long is a large sample size? Like, well, it's all relative, right? Obviously, if you only have one week's worth of data, well, look at one week's worth of data. It doesn't mean much. Two weeks means more than one week, right? Two months means more than one month. Two years means more than one year. But at some point, you only have a certain amount of data. You're going to have to look at it somewhere. As the sample size gets larger, the more and more confident you could be in it. But especially with this type of stuff, especially if you're playing GPPs, that sample size needs to be large, 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 right? You can play five seasons worth of NFL. Five seasons worth of NFL is what? It's not even a hundred slates, okay? You'll play more MLB slates in, in a year than you will playing five years worth of NFL. And it's quite possible in one year of an MLB playing GPP, you'd be down. You'd be down money. Playing well, right? You're playing well. You're playing well, and you just didn't get the binks in MLB for one season, which is probably what, 150 slates? You know what 150 slates are in NFL? That's like what, seven to eight years of NFL play? Assuming just the main slates, right? The Sunday slates. So if you played NFL GPPs for seven years that are unprofitable, you, you could still be playing, you could, you could be playing extremely well. That's possible. So understand what these sample sizes are. You get, oh, uh, uh, six weeks into the NFL season. I have six weeks of Sunday slates. I went, oh, I haven't cashed a single lineup in single entry GPP. Cry me a river. That's what you act like that's that wouldn't be normal. Your, your expectation would be one out of five, right? If, if the top 20% get paid, if everyone was equal, you'd only cash one out of five times. Cash one out of five times. So understanding what those large sample sizes are. Uh, let's see. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh Smooth Jimmy Apollo, you're still going to be doing Stupid Saturday. No, Stupid Saturdays are done. That's what the Discord and the Zoom calls are for. That's what this show is for, right? I'm answering questions on this show as it is, so there's no reason for me to do Saturday streams. Uh, MJC, would you say projections across the industry are fairly similar night to night? Well, it depends on, uh, on, the, on the team... You know, certain times, you know, guys out, the rotations can be, you know, there's a, there's a lot of variance in the rotations. I don't, I don't know. Are they going to play big? Are they going to play small? Are they, I mean, a lot of stuff could happen there. The models are similar. But, like, if you believe it's like, no, I think this guy's going to play 28 minutes, not 24 minutes, then just put in 28 that you put it in, right? Change the, change the minutes. That's perfectly fine for you to do. Oh, let's see. Paul Adair, is it a waste of time to use Excel to score players based on their projected ceiling ownership? Is that baked into RG like a boom bust? Yes, we have a smash percentage. For NBA, that's what you'd be doing, right? The smash percentage here is based, is, that's exactly what you're trying to do in Excel. It's already in there. Like I said, everything's in there. Melvin Pitts, explain what you mean by having the field sizes information. How would you use the third piece of data? Well, the types of lineups that you'd be building for a hundred man uh, contest is different than a 200,000 man milli millimaker contest, right? So you're not building lineups in a vacuum. A lineup that you'd make for the millimaker is gonna be much different than a lineup that you're gonna be making for the, uh, uh, the Thunderbolt, a 40 man Thunderdome contest, right? So that's what I mean by having the field sizes information. Because the field size will determine how much projection you're willing to sacrifice for ownership, right? Top heavy pay, yeah, million to first, 100,000 to second, stake nines for third place, right? And you're competing against 200,000 lineups. 
Like you could, you could, I'm going to sacrifice 30 points in projections, 40 points in projections. That can still be plus EV because your goal is to win for, I mean, it's essentially you have to beat all of these lineups and then coming, coming first. Like I'm going to fade all the chalk. You could do that in that contest. You're playing a 40 man contest. You could pretty much play your cash lineup into that contest. Pretty much your cash lineup. As long as you know, if, if there's a bunch of dummies in there, your cash lineup may be positive EV, right? If the chalkiest lineup possible, maybe plus EV in that contest. In the Millie Maker, it isn't. That, that cash lineup, not, not assuming even with the duplication, saying even if it was unique or something, probably doesn't have enough leverage that you, you, you're not going to get first place. You may cash a lot more often. Yeah, true. But all the, all the money is up, up top. So that's what I mean by the field size. If you're building for X contest, you need to know that first before you build lineups. So you're not built like the I'm going to build three lineups into three different contests. One is a hundred man contest. One is a thousand man contest. And one is a hundred thousand man contest. Well, it's the whole three different lines. It would be three. You can't just build one line. I'm going to build one lineup and put it into all three. You could, but whatever would be optimal, you know, plus EV for a, a 10,000, 100,000 man contest is going to be way too contrarian for a 100 man contest. Like you shouldn't be giving up that much projection in a 100 man contest. And then if you use the 100 man contest in the 100, in the 100,000, you'd be like, now you're, 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 you're not dropping enough ownership, right? You're not going to, so that, that kind of, you may come in first in the 100 man and end up coming in 48th in the 100,000 man, right? You don't want that. You want to, you get more. Oh. Uh, do, do, do. Hey, Jordan, do you use the custom settings tool in build rules? Usually not. No. Any suggestions? Not uncrabby cabby. The settings don't matter. Settings literally don't matter. Stop worrying about the settings of an optimizer. The settings do not matter. Stop. I'm going to repeat it a million times until people get it. The settings of an optimizer do not matter. The lineups you make do, okay? Make lineups, okay? The optimizer is an efficiency tool. That's all it is. For lineup HQ is purely 100% an efficiency tool, okay? I can make my lineups without lineup HQ. You know how? I could go into Excel and do the same exact calculation. And go, how much proje what projection number do I want? What ownership number do I want? Make me those lineups. Well, of course, I can make 100,000 of those lineups. Now, the question is, is that, well, I'm only playing 10. So what out of the, the so I, how, do, how do I reduce that down? So if, I, if I'm looking to make a lineup, hand build a lineup. I mean, I, I know I, I, I've said this 774 times. Hand build one lineup. I don't believe, I, tr I truly believe this. 99, I would say 99% of people should never touch an optimizer. Never. Until you hand build your lineups for at least one year straight. Hand build lineups. Even if you're playing large field GPPs, play hand build 20 lineups. You can look at the projections here. You can look at the ownership and just hand build it. Go, okay, I'm going to play this lineup and then I'm going to play that lineup. And, and, you, and you hand build them, you insert them on your phone, in the app. <clears throat> Once you do one, do another one, do another one, do another one, do another one. You know what would be better? If you could, if this was, it was some automated way to do it. So you would have, now build your 20 lineups by hand. Build it by hand. Don't touch a goddamn thing. Only do it by hand. Build 20 lineups by hand. Put those lineups to the side. I want you to now go into lineup HQ and make those 20 lineups come up. Those exact 20 lineups. How would you do it? You'd look at those 20 lineups and go, oh, I got 10 lineups with X player. So that's what, 50%? How do I get 50% of this player into these lines? How do I get these players? That's all you're doing with the settings. What lineups do I want to play and how do I make them more efficiently so I don't have to hand build 150? <clears throat> it's not a way to solve what lineups to play. It's a way to build lineups that you want to play. 
Tell me people go in like, what's your setting? And, and they'd press a button and they get a hundred lineups. Like, oh, this is what I want. No, build one lineup. These are the types of lineups I want to build. I want to build five of these types of lineups. I want to build five of those types of lineups. I want to build 10 of those types of lineups. How do I get the tool to do it for me? There's a hundred ways to do it. I mean, there's, if you need a custom setting in order to do that, then use it. If you need a build rule to do it, then use it. If you need an exposure, to, then do it. If you're like, oh, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play uh, Hornets. <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna play Hornets and uh, and then Giannis together. Okay, well then you can set up a player group for that. What if your lineups don't look like that? Well, then you don't have to set up the player group for that. So it's not it, the settings don't matter. The settings depend on what lineups you're building. So what lineups I'm building, what lineups you're building are completely different, or they could be similar and we do it in completely different ways, right? So it doesn't matter. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Right. So don't focus on settings at all in an optimizer. It's never about setting. Never. Like any question, literally any question about a setting is a stupid question. Unless you just like literally don't know what it does. And most of the, most of the settings in an optimizer are, are around diversification and not around strategy. Right. So I'm going to build one lineup. Like, take a look here. Use, I don't have any ownership here, right? So if I build if I build one lineup, oh, that's the like people are going in here thinking that that's how they get the answers. All I would do is I would look and see, like, who projects well, right? Good smash. What Levert? <coughs> who are the highest smash players, right? Reddish, high variance, right? Who am I playing at center? Do I play Gafford? Is everyone going to play Jokic? I have no idea what the ownership is going to be. So I could come together and go, maybe I should play a lineup that looks like X. And it's like, well, how, what's, I want to have a lineup that looks like X and then I have a lineup that looks like X with a 2v2. And then another X with a 2v2. And another X with a 2v2. Another X with a 2v2. Well, if I'm doing a 2v2, that means unique players would be two. If I want more diversification, I could do a 3v3. I could do a 4v4. But maybe I want to be concentrated on that one game. I want to play a lot of that one game and then have two v twos. Well, that, then I'd be using two, right? I could use one. I want even less diversification. But there's no, there's no. I'm going to put in all these settings and press the build button, and then it come uh, all profitable lineups come out. That that's not how it, that's not how an optimizer works, right? So anytime you ask someone what are their settings, it's always it's always a, there's there's no way that that's possibly a smart question. You could say I, I'm building lineups that look like X. Do you think? Do you think that's good from a projection ownership standpoint for this contest? Okay, yes, on that individual lineup, yes. I would. I could agree or not agree, and that would still only be my opinion. And go, okay, I think I think that's that, that looks fine. And most of the time, that's going to be my response. That looks fine. And then you're going to show me another lineup, and I'm going to go, that looks fine. You're going to show me a hundred lineups, and I go, that looks fine. They go, all these lineups look fine. Yeah, they look fine. Like I have a hundred lineups too, and they look nothing like those. Well, they look they may look similar, but not that much like those. They go, well, how come you think my hundred lineups are fine? Well, your hundred lineups are fine. It's like because there's twenty thousand lineups that are fine. I'm playing a hundred of these, and you're playing a hundred of those. But that, that's the only difference, right? That's what it's like. Like some chalky player or something like that. It's like I'm playing a hundred lineups that have none of that player, and you're playing a hundred lineups that have a hundred percent of that player, and both those sets are fine. They're both fine. They're both fine, right? They rely on completely different outcomes, but the expected value of those lineup sets may be equal to each other, close to each other, similar to each other. Those are the concepts you, you, need, to, you need to grasp. I mean, that's what game theory is. That's why I join in on the, on the game theory Discord. It's still going on, right? People, people, are, people are in this chat and chatting in there, right? So sign up. You can sign, you click on my face on the on the Roto Grinders home screen on the right on the, the home page. Right. Join premium, Roto Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. And then you connect your Roto Grinders account to Discord. You can click on this little Discord thing. You could click on my face. It'll connect your account and join us in there. I answer, I mean, all these types of questions. I mean, that's what I talk about in there. Right.
and I have alerts for all this, the Zoom calls or whatever, or anything that very important, I don't send out, I'm not going to be sending out much, many alerts, only if it's important. So you could always go in there, put in the, you know, exclamation point blender and you get the alerts from me. So join me in there and, uh, and I'll, be, I'll be back tomorrow. Be back tomorrow as you always. Give me those thumbs ups on your way out the door. Give me thumbs ups on your way out the door and uh, subscribe if you're new. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got uh, what? We got uh, the Swolecast this afternoon. We got Grinders Live NBA later today. Crunch time for premium members. Whole bunch of stuff. We got, uh, I think, the NFL Pick Sick, the Pick Sick show or something uh, later tonight. And a ton of contests, as always, on this channel. But I'll see you tomorrow answering your DFS strategy questions, as always, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.